Hey everybody, my name is Jacob Deaton and welcome back to another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals. And today I have the distinct privilege to be with one of Atlanta's most exciting planners that I've been reading about for a minute in various magazines and such. Um, we're talking about Matt Mitchell from Mitchell Event Planning. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? Man, I am great. It's cold out. It is. Uh, way colder than I you moved to Atlanta for, That's right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but I am hanging in. Um, uh, what's up, what's going on in your world, man? Oh, you know, uh, it's been a very interesting year, uh, for everyone, I think, but, uh, you know, I, I think I've kind of taken the opportunity this year to kind of improve myself a little bit more, uh, to improve what I, my offering is to my clients. And so that we can hit the ground running next year. You know, we've, I've at least myself, this is the beginning of engagement season. So it already is a busy time of the year, but you know, we've had postponements because of COVID. So now everything is kind of, we've got, we're double dutying this year. So we have couples that were postponed from 2020 now in 2021, and then our, our regular 2021 group. So it's shaping up to be a busy wedding year for next year. It's going to be quite a unique one. I mean, even in my business, we were having, uh, talks with clients that had uh, weddings on Mondays and mm -hmm. Thursdays <laughs> and like the, the weeks are getting, you know, the, the distance between uh, weddings this year, traditionally, maybe there's like, you know, five or seven days. Um, right. This year, it's going to be some really tight turnarounds. Um, how do you feel like your team is uh, prepared to navigate such a, you know, topsy-turvy 2021? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about the process, right? So uh, being able to have a successful process that, um, you know, is, is proven time and time again is, is the secret to success on my end, you know. Um, if people don't know what they're doing, you know, things can slip through the cracks. But if you have kind of those, those checks and balances and, and that clear t uh, timeline and guideline that you follow each time, that's kind of how we see success in all of our events. And so, uh, you know, I think that's just something that we will lean to, especially in this crazy year. Uh, and um, yeah, I think, I think we'll be just fine, but you're exactly right. Um, you know, it's just a lot of venues and things like that are, are seeing a lot more, availability crunch. So you're seeing exactly right. M more during the week weddings that you're not used to just because dates are just not available for the amount of clients that want to get married. <laughs> yeah. And um, if we've proven anything through this pandemic is that weddings are recession proof or uh, not recession proof, pandemic proof. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it was also recession proof also, but yeah. it was, uh, but it's definitely pandemic proof, uh, which is rather interesting. Before we get too deep, though, I want to back up. I want to give everybody a little bit of perspective about who you are, how you got here, what you know, uh, you know, your mo, all that kind of stuff. So sure. maybe let's start with um, uh, just some broad strokes about your business, um, the type of thing, the type of uh, maybe uh, things that you offer to clients, um, and then uh, maybe we'll do a little biography deep dive here. Yeah, sure. So uh, I am the uh, owner and lead planner for Mitchell Event Planning, which is based out of Buckhead, Atlanta, but we do serve um, clients all throughout the Southeast and around the United States uh, and beyond if, if, if they should want. Um, we do primarily focus on the Atlanta area and the metro area, but uh, we are willing to travel. So um, it's that's, that's the great thing about the job is, um, you know, we 
it, it's really easier kind of within your own market because you start to build relationships with other wedding pros and vendors and, and that can really lead to you know great opportunities for your clients and we can talk about that a little bit later um, but you know it's pretty much the same process no matter what or where you are right so the planning process doesn't change too much to, uh, depending on the location so we willing to travel wherever but um, I am a master certified wedding planner through the bridal society um, so that was something that, again that I worked on as I kind of mentioned earlier throughout this, this pandemic, uh, I was a certified wedding planner, but decided that I would just take my education to a, a higher level and now have the master certification uh, title. But, but yeah, so we, we help clients, um, as I say, where they are in their planning journey. So we offer anything from the day of coordination package all the way up to full planning and everything in between. Um, and so we, primarily work off a um, package system that we've kind of devised based off of uh, the services that a lot of our clients have already uh, or, or already seek from us. And the re reason we do that is because it's we can package it together, provide them a discount, and it saves them some money in the long run. Mm -hmm. But we understand that, you know, a wedding planning process is not cookie cutter. So um, we, we also offer any kind of uh, a la carte items or, you know, just things that people can kind of really say, hey, I want that one that's in that package, but I don't see it over here. So we do add on services and things like that, just to make sure that it's customized and really fits the clients and their specific needs. That's awesome. Uh, I feel like the majority of the people that I've been speaking with these days, um, there are some people that are all or nothing. Um, some of the some of the people that I've spoke with are very, you know, I'm a full, I'm a, you know, I'm a full on, uh, you know, wedding package planner type of situation. I don't do the day of, I don't do a partial planning or anything like that. Full service is the word I'm looking for here. Yep. Still early. I just had my cup of coffee. That's uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, but you know, I, I find it um, more common um, that th these days, a lot of people are kind of moving towards this. Um, and I think people that listen to the podcast will know just from hearing all the wedding planners I've spoken with, I feel like a lot of people are really embracing this a la carte sort of approach to um, what's happening in the, um, you know, for the client in, in relation to working with the wedding planner. Um, I, I find that really interesting, um, like, because it does allow for that extra level of overall, like, customization to your weddings and your wants. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that the reason I think that we offer it is because because I, I will tell you, it is a lot easier to do full service because you're with the client from day one. You, you, you're in the know and you don't really have that kind of, oh, let me hurry up and, and catch up to what they've done. Um, and that that can happen on a day of coordination package. You know, they've spent a year planning this wedding and you are here a month out trying to cram everything, all the knowledge that you need to execute on the day. So, but, you know, but the thing is, I don't want... The, the last thing that I want is for you to be stressed out during your wedding um, or to, you know, have to look to a family member or a friend to kind of be a planner on the day. You know, like I want you to be a guest at your own wedding. I want your family and friends to be a guest at, at your wedding. So, you know, I just want to make sure that there is a professional that's there that can make sure that everything is going seamless that you're stress-free and they can enjoy, you know, the, the full experience. So that's why I offer that option is just because I think regardless of 
of how you want to go about planning your wedding, you should you could, you should have whatever option that you need. So that's why I say we we like to meet the the client where they are in the planning process. Right, and that's that is the joy that is the uh, the joy and the pain of it, right? Because <laughs> you yeah. are meeting them somewhere along this uh, right this line, you know. And and I tell people whenever I run into clients, because I mean sometimes people come to my wedding business in the world, and they're you know they're essentially you know they're like oh we haven't even booked a venue yet you yeah. know and i'm like cool go find a planner really quick especially yeah. like if you're if you're really serious about having a planner be a part of your whole journey like mm-hmm. like just stop for a second call the planner they'll help you out with that budget they'll help you out with making sure that you get all the things that you want and and you don't exactly. overspend from the rip um which is uh you know kind of a, a common thing um i agree yeah yeah i i think you're exactly right on that uh you know, a lot of people don't necessarily start with a planner. Um, they, you know, I, I've seen it a couple of different ways. There's people that do start with planners or there's people that think they could do it on their own, but then they get overwhelmed and then they seek out a planner. Or there's people that kind of get the majors out of the way, like they'll get, um, you know, their venue and they might get like a caterer or something along those lines, like a, a big one, or maybe a photographer. So they kind of, have those buttoned up and they're like oh well okay I don't really know where to go from here so let's hire a planner so but you're exactly right you know if we can really get in on the front end there's a lot of things that we can help them through even on the venue side I know like that's the thing is they kind of want to have a date you know when they when they hire a, a planner but you know that's something that we can really help them through give them ideas of questions that they should be asking their venue before they book with them and you know, seeing what they can provide them in their contract and hopefully saving them some money. So that's really what I look to do is save clients money. So you know, the earlier I can get in that process, the better it is for me and for them. Mm. Well said, man. You put a button on that one. Let's talk a little bit about you. So give me sort of your journey in getting to this moment that you're in now. You're rocking it in yeah. Buckhead and all over Atlanta and wherever it may take you. But like, how how did you? get started in this whole process? Yeah. Okay. So I, it's kind of a crazy story. So here we go. Good, I, uh, cool. I went to the university of Alabama, which where I, uh, cause I'm from Alabama, mm-hmm. been here for six years and in Atlanta, but, uh, went there, went, studied business and started out in finance. And, um, from there though, I started to get experience in event planning. I did a lot of event planning for our very high value clients that, you know, we do educational seminars, we do dinners, client appreciation events. So things like that, where I would, you know, plan these events for, um, for, for the cor- corporate world. And that's kind of where I got my, I, I would say my first start in the, the planning process. So, you know, how do you go about planning events? So that's kind of where I got my start. And I am a, I do enjoy singing. I, I am a singer and I did some singing for weddings. So, um, you know, through some family, some friends um, that wanted to have, you know, a live singer at the ceremony. So, um, so I did that. And then that was kind of where I just fell in love with weddings. You know, there's just something very special about spending that quality time with a couple. You know, this is one of the most major milestones that they've yet to come to, right? So it's, I would say probably 
one of the most major milestones. Probably, you know, if they went to college, graduating was one, but, you know, this is one that they're uh, approaching together. You know, next is probably having a kid or something along those lines, purchasing a home, but this is a huge step for them. And so, you know, to be able, and we're with them along a lot of times, a long time, like maybe even a year. So, you know, you build this relationship with them um, and you really get to know them on a personal level. And that is really the, the part that I love so much about weddings, as opposed to corporate events, because corporate events is very, hey, we need you to do this. And you're like, bam, okay, I did it. And they're like, okay, we're done. Thanks. So it's, you know, very transactional, but you build more relationships on the wedding side. So that's really where I was like, hey, I really want to do this. So um, I opened my company in October of 2017. And um, that was, so now I've almost been in the events industry for about 10 years. So, um, so it's three years ago that I opened it on my own. And, um, and then that January of 2018 is when I actually started um, accepting clients. So I wanted to take a little time to get my bearings, get up and running and, and really be able to provide a quality product for my clients before actually offering services. So uh, that's kind of how I got here. Awesome story. I love it. The um, Roll Tide, by the way. Uh, roll Tide. You know, I can't believe you didn't say that. Like in the can't believe you didn't stop in the middle of your phrase. Just say I went to University of Alabama, Roll Tide, you know. Uh, but um, but no, so let's, um, man, so okay, so 2017, yep. you started your business. You're like, yep. all right, I'm doing this. I'm going mm -hmm. for it. It's time. Uh, making my own way. Um, what, at that point, um, how did you get the word out about what you did? Like, I mean, what was your, you know, your whole idea behind marketing and advertising? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you get, you get your website built, you, you know, you probably, you know, coordinate with people to build your team of people that's going to be around you when you do these weddings and stuff. But like, um, uh, what was your, what was your initial, uh, start for like marketing and advertising and stuff? Like what were some of the things that you did to kind of jumpstart everything? Yeah, that's it's interesting that you asked that. And, and I think that's also the the kind of the why behind, you know, I started in October, but I didn't actually start getting clients until January or, or start accepting clients until January. That was something that, you know, I was looking around like, what can I do? Like, what's going to be the most effective way to do this? And as you know, there's tons of things out there for you to do. I mean, you can spend money on anything. So, um, but I wanted to be as smart as possible as I could about it. Um, and so, you know, I reached out to some of those big names um, like The Knot and Wedding Wire and things like that. But, you know, at that point I was just like, again, I was like, let me take my time on this. You know, I want to make sure that I'm totally prepared. So I, you know, I reached out to them in that October timeframe and I'm like, give me a few months. So that's actually the time that I actually started my education and I went and did my I got my certified wedding planner designation at that point. So that was like a three month long program, which then allowed me to go ahead and start in that January timeframe. So, you know, I think that's where I really started out was the, you know, being listed on some of those big websites that, you know, a lot of couples flock to in order to find um, vendors for their day. But, you know, it also gave me the opportunity to reach out to local wedding pros in the industry. Uh, and introduce myself as someone um, that was, you know, starting their business here in this area to see, you know, how they work uh, with their clients, you know, kind of what their style is so that I could begin to build a portfolio of wedding professionals 
and kind of notate, well, that's kind of their style. So if I have a client that's looking for that, I know exactly who to go to. So it was those things that I really started doing in, in networking events that uh, I would go to that would really, you know, just give me the opportunity to introduce myself to not only the wedding professionals uh, in the Atlanta area, but also to, to, um, to potential clients because, you know, I would go to open house uh, open houses at venues and, you know, they'd have potential wedding couples come there and see their space and um, meet some of the, the vendors in the area. So um, between that and even just the good old fashioned, you know, ads through either Google or Facebook, um, that's some of the ways that I initially got my start. And, um, but you know what, I think now I primarily really focus on um, word of mouth. So, uh, you know, the satisfaction of my past clients telling their family and friends about me and uh, again, my wedding pros. So, you know, I have a great team that I work with all across Atlanta. So um, you know, I help bring them business. They help bring me business. So it's a great partnership. You said, you said a lot in there to dive into, but like, I think the, the main things that come to mind is uh, word of mouth is the best and cheapest. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and also to that vendor list of people that you can rely on to deliver yep. every single time um, right. that you, uh, that you go to a client and you say, Hey, listen, I've got your back. I'm going to make all these things happen. And I know exactly the people to call because I know 10 out of 10 times they're going to deliver, you know, at a, uh, you know, 100% clip, you know, exactly. Um, that's, that has to be, um, super comforting knowing that you have a team of people behind you um, in that vendor list um, that you can present to your people every single time um, yes, and yes. know that, and know that, you, you know, that they've got your, they've got your back because it literally goes that deep. It's like, you've got the clients back, but then the vendors also have your back. That's right. Um, and then the people that work for them have their back and it just, you know, it has to work like that. Um, if it mm -hmm. doesn't um, you know, you are you know, we're asking for trouble, but the, um, the, the biggest thing that I feel like um, is, is highly underrated about having someone like you start in that process is literally presenting that team and presenting mm -hmm. those fail-safe options. Um, it just, it can't go understated, right? Exactly right. And exactly kind of what you, you talked about is, um, is, that, is those relationships that we build. So for many of my wedding professional colleagues, I am the repeat customer. So, you know, it's in, in going back to how, um, you know, we, we talked about hiring a planner early on, we can really help you save money. Because I work with these people and bring them so much business, they offer my clients exclusive discounts that they wouldn't find on their own. So if they went to their website, you know, floristatlanta.com, and I don't know if that's actually a thing, but, um, you know, if, if they were to log on and try to find a florist on their own, you know, they probably wouldn't get the preferred pricing that, that I can provide to my clients just because of that relationship that I have with my, with my you know, wedding pros. And, and that goes across all of, of my wedding pros. Um, they, you know, they, they give me preferred pricing because of that relationship that I have with them. And I can forward on that, that um, those savings to my clients, which really add up in the end. I mean, any, any amount of money saved is great, but, you know, as you start to 
it's like it's like compound interest, right? So you, you've got one savings and now you've got two savings and three and four. So you know, it means a lot of people have eight to ten vendors or more, depending on their their wedding and their budget. And you know, that can really add up. Mm -hmm. Three savings. Ah, ah, ah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm a dork. Okay. So uh, anyway, man, well said. And, you know, if you're a bride and you're a groom listening right now, then you obviously know, uh, you obviously understand the implications of finding this wedding planner of your choice, you know, specifically Matt here to be your wedding planner, because he's got, you know, all these discounts kind of in his back pocket. Um, tell me a little bit about your growth as a business over the last three years since you've started. Um, obviously, COVID year is like the asterisk. Um, yeah. and maybe you can just, uh, you know, sort of give us uh, an idea of, you know, what 2020 would have been like. Um, but like, uh, wh what was your, um, you know, what was your growth pattern like from 2017 or 2018, really, when you started taking on clients 2019 and what was expected in 2020? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's been it's been amazing and 2020 was you're exactly right it was set up to be uh, a record year for us and then it was just like march came and it was like whoa wait a minute but um yeah you know we've been very very fortunate here at mitchell event planning uh, you know we won some awesome awards uh we got couples choice award uh from wedding wire for 2020 um we, we were lucky enough to be a finalist and a, and a few other awards for planners within the south region and we uh, were announced as a top 10 wedding planner in Atlanta by wedding rules. So we've we've got some amazing accomplishments this year, even though it's been a little crazy year. And I think those things um, have really kind of helped us um, kind of, again, keep that mentality, you know, of like forward progress and really kind of inspires us to keep adding more and more. And really, um, I think those are the things that really help us um, as we're moving into into newer years. So I, I'll tell you that I'm probably 80% booked for 2021. And then, you know, we're starting to book out in 2022. So those are all great things, things that I didn't um, know that we would be doing, uh, you know, back in 2017. So, um, you know, it's, we'll see kind of how 2021 uh you know kind of shakes out with with a still you know not we have a vaccine but like how quickly is it going to you know come out you know how bad is it going to get before you know we get this thing tamed so we'll see if if 2021 has any uh wrenches to throw in our plans but um you know i think we're set up for success and um we've learned a lot this year so you know it's that's what I'm really interested in is to see how this will really affect even the event space for, for years to come, you know, just, just like, you know, I mean, just, just being more careful and more cleanly and more, you know, just, um, just making sure that, you know, you're, I guess, I don't keeping safety uh, top of mind. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I incredible i mean by the way just starting your business and and being you know basically 80 percent at capacity already um i mean that's that's incredible um and i i find it just absolutely uh 
uh, mind-boggling. Every time I talk to a planner or you know an event space, it seems like everybody, the health of the industry, even through the pandemic, you know, as, as it pertains to framing into the long term, um, seems to be very healthy and um, seems to be very, you know, it, we might be going through some rough times now, but the future is is very bright. Um, and yep. uh, for a lot of people. Um, and um, I mean, I've definitely seen some vendors close their doors. And, you know, uh, I think about those people, you know, that I love, uh, you know, quite often, but um, overall, as a, as a uh, quote, um, community, it's really been uh, very interesting to me that that this has stayed as healthy and um, uh, this industry has stayed as healthy as it has, providing the circumstances. But um, uh, I am also interested about these safety protocols that are that are being put into place and how permanent are they going to be and and um, and also like how you know are, are you know are these venues going to adopt these uh, new practices just for the long term? Um, yep. You know, uh, is America going to even adopt masks for the long term as far as it pertains to like if you're feeling ill but you've got to go out of the house, are you going right. to wear a mask? You know. Um, these are things that like Asian cultures have been doing for a long time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, this air pollution in general. Right. Exactly. Um, a lot of it has been for air pollution and stuff, especially like in, you know, Singapore and China and, and mm -hmm. a lot of those places, even uh, major Japanese cities as well. But the um, but I really I do um, like the idea um, of masks existing in a place of where you know, if you are sick, but you have to continue with your day, it kind of gives everybody a heads up, yo, give you the six feet of space, right? Because I don't want to get you whatever you got, you know what I mean? Yep. But I understand that you have to be out here for some reason. And I'm not going to judge you about that. I'm just going to keep my distance. I think that's, yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, and uh, that's something that with this mass culture that we're in, like, I would like to see stay around. I mean, because I believe me, you or I, we can't afford to get sick for our clients. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely right. But yeah, you're exactly right, though. You know, there's and there's a lot of vendors that have, you know, invested a lot of money, uh, especially this year to ensure that they're providing a safe uh, experience for for their clients. So, you know, a lot of venues are, are doing a lot. A lot of caterers are doing a lot. So, you know, they've invested this money into these systems that they've built. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it will probably, it'll be interesting to see if those continue to stick once things get back to normal. Speaking of your team earlier, it just sort of, um, it, it made me realize that I, I forgot to ask this earlier. Um, tell me a little bit about the team that's around you. Um, do you, uh, do you have anybody, do you have a, a large team on staff or um, do you have like a lot of help day of, uh, give us yeah. like a, a, a sort of a, our listeners, a, a, a summation of that. Yeah, so right now, um, I am the only full-time staff, uh, but I do hire out uh, assistants for day of. So every, every package, regardless of um, day of all the way up to full planning, has an assistant. Um, I just feel that it's necessary uh, to make sure that, you know, I can be at two places at one time. Um, I'm already in two places at one time, but having a, a literally another body there, it, it's, it's awesome. So um, you know, so that's something, and, and of course, it does depend on the guest count as well. I've done events anywhere from 50 people all the way up to 450 plus. So obviously, you can imagine, you know, I had four assistants on the 450 plus um, wedding. So, you know, it, it really just depends on the wedding itself as to what my team looks like. 
But, um, you know, that is something that I'm looking forward to, um, especially as I start to build relationships. The good thing um, about that master certified wedding planner uh, is through the Bridal Society. Not sure if you've ever heard of them, but it's a great collection of certified wedding planners. Um, and now several of us are master certified wedding planners. So, you know, I have a network of very experienced planners that I can reach out to. Um, and if something should happen to me, then I know I have someone that I can trust that can provide that same level of service that I would provide to my clients. But also I can reach out to them and you know, have them as a part of my team, you know, in, in a contracting situation. So, um, you know, I'm looking as things, you know, I've already had to start um, turning clients away this year just because as we talked about, dates are becoming very scarce. Um, and there's, you know, definitely those Friday and Saturday dates are pretty sought after. So, you know, I've had to start, you know, turning people away. So it's definitely going to be something that I'm looking forward to in the, probably the next year or so is finding an associate planner that will be on staff with me so that we can have multiple weddings in a weekend. Um, and depending on what level of service you want, then you'll get either the associate planner or you'll get me as your planner. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's part of the, the growth strategy, but right now it's, uh, it's me. I think that, um, being lean and mean right now has never been sort of a sexier thing for business, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, for people that, um, you know, uh, for people that did have a lean and mean sort of, uh, you know, payroll, uh, they were able to absorb this pretty well. Um, right. it's those larger agencies that have lots of people on payroll that really took a hit, um, with this year. And, um, so, you know, sometimes timing is everything, um, on your growth. And I definitely think things are going to slingshot in a direction of, uh, of more positive, uh, movement here, you know, as we get closer to a vaccine and, and, uh, and all of that. So you're in a good position, you know, just by nature. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's, it's been a year that's uh, of course just crazy for everyone. And I've totally missed, you know, the, it was a few months ago, uh, we had a like, socially distanced open house for a venue. And that was the first time that I had been in a wedding venue for a while that I had seen, you know, additional wedding professionals. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I miss and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, to getting back to it full time. Yeah, I, I definitely miss um, the community aspect of the business. Um, yeah. I miss being able to see people that I regularly work with. Um, I miss um, the networking events that like I kind of used to throw um, and, and checking up with everybody and, you know, sort of the, the, the culture of, um, of everybody getting together and not thinking about work for a second, but also talking about work for a second. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and just hanging out and, you know, maybe having a drink or, you know, um, having some food and just, you know, saying, Hey, how's your year shaping up? And, you know, that kind of stuff to me is, is sort of it, always like an encouragement and um, not being able to do that on a, um, you know, on a social scale that we're used to has definitely made this year challenging for, and I'm sure that, you know, this is obviously like spanning every industry. Um, yeah. But, um, but, you know, I definitely miss the community and I can't wait to see and uh, see some people and hug some necks and right. high five some people. And, you know, I, I think I, you know, I think I'm no different than anyone else here. 
Exactly. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, man. So, uh, tell me, um, as you move into the future here, um, you know, this, uh, tell me a little bit about your overall, um, views on some of these, um, smaller weddings that are sort of happening. Like, you know, obviously some people are like, we're still going to have our wedding. Obviously you've experienced that, you know, we're going to, we're just going to strip it down and do it super small. Do you feel like these micro weddings that they're calling it, do you feel like that trend is going to continue long-term or do you think that's just kind of like a thing that of the moment that we're going to have now, but we're going to get back to normal? You know, I think it will be, I think it will. I think it'll be kind of uh, woven into the fabric of, of weddings going forward. Um, I think it's all about personal style as well. You know, there, there's just tons of different couples that see things differently. There's, there's definitely those couples that want to do that traditional wedding with, you know, all the things that everyone has always done. And then there's more of the contemporary couples that totally you know, go against that, the grain of what is traditional in, in a wedding and what you should or, you know, shouldn't do. So it's, it's very interesting to see the evolution of clients that are planning their events. And I think that the whole micro wedding uh, is going to be, I think it's kind of like anything, it's going to be a trend. Now, whether it's sustained for a long time, I don't know. But um, I definitely think it will be trendy for a while and that we'll continue to see it even as we move into 2021 and beyond. Um, but I think it's, it's just very interesting because it I think it also depends on people's budget too and, and, and what they see as important because, um, you know, a lot of people want that wedding experience, but they don't want to spend thousands of dollars. So maybe it is some, but they want something a little bit more than going to the courthouse. So, you know, I think that we'll continue to see that as kind of like a, that is probably the new elopement is these micro weddings. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be just a trend for a little bit or just continue on, but uh, I don't think it's going anywhere in the next few years. Yeah. I definitely think it's here to stay for the short term. Uh, I mean, I, with, What's really been interesting about this whole COVID experience is that there's there's obvious uh, gaps in mm -hmm. um, uh, financial gain that's happening because some people have literally just kept their jobs, continued to work from home, yep. and nothing's really changed for them. That's right. Um, and then there's a lot of people out there that literally their incomes have completely been destroyed because of the pandemic and the and the ramifications of it. Right. And um, and but they still want to get married, just like the person who hasn't lost their job. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, until we see economic recovery, um, that this option, I think, is definitely going to, I feel like it's going to stick around for a while. Um, yeah. um, you know, just for that reason, if, if for any reason, for that reason alone. Mm -hmm. um, and that definitely comes with its own challenges. Um, and uh, from a planning perspective, I'm sure, because, you know, you, the larger weddings are going to, or the larger budget weddings are obviously going to pay more. But you know, those micro weddings are super important for clients too. And being able to balance both, um, you know, I think is definitely a trend that a lot of planners are seeing. Yeah. You know, I, what I've seen on the planning side for, for micro weddings is, um, but it gives us the ability to do multiple weddings in a weekend. So 
you can do, depending on how, you know, early you start, at minimum three weddings, if not five uh, in a day. Typically, the way that I've seen them done is um, you really kind of pick your style. So what happens is like a planner like me would uh, have relationships with certain vendors. And so you have, you know, this venue that has this kind of feel to it. So then you hire a florist that can kind of, you know, enhance that feel. And then, you know, you bring in maybe a, a cake and then a few other things. So very minimal on the vendors and you, you actually offer like vibes. So like, what do you want? Do you want like industrial? Do you want more like uh, classic? Do you want, you know, ballroom? Do you want outdoor? And you kind of give the client a, a spectrum to kind of go toward. And it's really like, okay, well, that package is this amount of money. And, you know, here's what it, so it's not really much of a planning process for them. It's kind of a, that looks good to me. I want to choose that one. So here's the money. And then, you know, it, we'll, we'll do it. So that's kind of what, I've seen and how it makes it, I guess, available for planners and industry folks is that they can, you know, even though that it's smaller, uh, um, I guess, money that you get off of it, but you can you can do more of them. So it kind of makes up for the the smaller charge that you would give. Mm. Yeah, it's um, this man. What what a time to be alive, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just everything is flipped upside down, and you know you just have to be, um, you have to be willing and able to um, to shift and to yeah. pivot and to you know be creative, um, which exactly. is obviously naturally your job to begin with is to be creative. <laughs> so like you have to really exercise those gifts and and sort of uh, turn this into something that's uh, memorable on a you know on a on a dime. So. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, as somebody that admires wedding planners for what they do and for all the knots they untie and tie together, um, previous to a day of, uh, of gathering, um, you know, hats off to you guys for being able to make that work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always, a, I mean, it's every, almost every wedding is, is something new. So it's, it's, it's exciting in that fact that, you know, nothing is ever the same there. You don't, you don't go to work bored because, there's always something that pops up that's new and exciting. Um, and, you know, you've got to work to, to figure out how to, to accomplish it or to fix it. Or so it's, it's always a, a constant uh, race and it's, it's, it's what makes it fun. I, I always like to ask this question um, uh, or a series of questions, I should say, um, just to make sure that we really get a rounded personality about who you are and, yeah. and, and so that everybody knows. So, um, uh, for all my regular listeners know, this is sort of like always towards the end of the podcast where I ask these random PG-13 questions and people start to, uh, people start to get a real good idea of who you are, um, through this whole thing. If they haven't gotten that already, which, you know, they should know you're a great guy. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'll start with this one. Uh, what was the last Netflix show you watched? Netflix show I watched, well... <laughs> Okay, so the one that I've completed, because there's a lot of them outstanding. The sure. one that I've completed was Final Table, which was a, a cooking show um, where they paired two world-renowned chefs together, um, not necessarily in the same region, and they would compete against all these. I think they started with 25 total chefs, and um, they would be 
they would go around the world. So, you know, this week they'd be in the UK, this week they'd be in Japan, and they would um, actually create dishes inspired by those countries. And they would have local world-renowned, um, uh, maybe some, what are they, food critics and uh, chefs and things like that that would actually grade their uh, dishes. And, and so, you know, anyway, it went all throughout this thing. And when they actually got down to the final four, they all competed against each other. So they were no longer working in pairs and they had to create this dish. And whoever won granted, uh, gained a seat at the final table. So um, these were, it was, it was just amazing. Um, we actually had a local Atlanta chef that was on the, the show and Rob with uh, Lazy Betty uh, here in town. They also, his family owns Auburn uh, Barbecue. So um, it was, uh, it was pretty neat. It was a, a good experience and I, I just love cooking and baking. So it was a lot of uh, fun watching that. I, I didn't know that he was on that. Um, and I've heard of his show, but I've not watched it yet. And I'm, I've been more fascinated with learning how to be a better cook in the last eight months of a pandemic than right. I've had in my life. That's so, right. Um, that's really cool. How far did he make it in the show? Um, you know, not too far. They, um, he was paired with a Japanese chef and um, really what their downfall was is, I can't remember which country they were in, but they made a very truffle heavy dish. And if you know, truffle is a very distinct and potent flavor. And it was just, I mean, it was piled on. And that was kind of the downfall for them. It was just a little too overpowering. And the judges just decided that that was kind of the, you know, when you're competing with that level of, of caliber, you know, it's the tiny details that really matter. And that was what sent them home. But uh, I think he made it to like, the, he made it to uh, three or four rounds. Hey, that's a solid showing, I think, for anybody that's looking for a good PR bump for their restaurants. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yep. That's uh, that's killer. So that leads me to food. Uh, what's your, you got a couple people coming over. They're really special. You, you, you got to make, you got to make the dish. What are mm -hmm. you, what are you making? Um, well, I really enjoy making, I mean, I'm a fan, this, well, it depends, number one, because there's a lot of people that have dietary restrictions these days, but I love a good steak. So if, if as long as everyone uh, is, is cool with uh, red meat, then uh, that's going to be it. I like to do a little um, cast iron skillet steak with uh, some rosemary and garlic and butter, and then you, you know, sear it on there, and then you stick it in the oven and get it nice and uh, to temperature. And then um, I guess it really depends on who, who else is coming, but I love a good, um, speaking of truffle, some crispy truffle Parmesan, um, uh, what am, I'm blanking, uh, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts, oh, good. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's one of my go-tos. So that would probably be it with a nice pairing of uh, red wine. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, I've probably made that dish about, I don't know, 25 times or 30 yep. times in the pandemic. <laughs> about once a week, you know? That's right, um, so good. Yeah, it's 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 such a winner. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take that long to make, you know, that's, no, that's, really. the, best, that's the best part. Um, the, the Really the worst part about learning how to be a better cook in the pandemic is now your restaurant experience like has to like level up to, right. a point of, uh, to a point of like, otherwise you just, unless it's free or something, um, 
you're not going to that restaurant to, to eat anymore um, because right. you know that you can make something as delicious at home mm -hmm. um, and not be charged $30 for it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think restaurants also do kind of like we do in, in the wedding industry is they, they, they really tout, not only are you getting this awesome food, but you're getting an experience. So yeah, I think restaurants are kind of leaning toward that as well as is the experience, which has unfortunately been also deterred from the, the pandemic, but you know, we, here's hoping for 2021, right? Yeah, man, we're all hoping and we're all praying. I mean, I know for me, I've, I've become, uh, I, I'm just always on the go and I'm always traveling and going places, doing things, meeting people, whatever. And, you know, so it's really easy for me to stop here, stop there, make a, try to make a healthy decision with food and, and, and grab it and go and, and keep moving. But um, when I come, when this pandemic really comes out, where we're out of it, like to the point where everybody feels comfortable and safe and everything and things get moving back again, I'm going to really have a hard time going back to my old habits of not making my own food at home. Uh, yeah because I, I feel like that I've gotten to a level of which that now when I have a steak somewhere and it's a little dry and yeah. the meat, the meat is under seasoned, mm -hmm. you know, I, like my palate has changed. Yeah. Um, and even in my short movings um, through this uh, in the, in the last few months of me having to go out and meet the clients and stuff, you know, I've had to go out for, um, you know, meetings or whatever. And yeah. um, maybe afterwards I go and grab something out doesn't have the same experience anymore or it's yeah. just not the same experience um, yeah. I used to be very satisfied with whatever I would get from certain places and now I'm not so much <laughs> getting a finer taste my friend <laughs> I'm telling you my palate's you know my palate's coming around um awesome tell me um uh I mean you graduated from the University of Alabama are you a Tide guy or did you oh, just go there sure. for the school Oh, for sure. Yep. 110% a huge Alabama football fan. Um, watching every, every single Saturday when we play and um, I go every year, obviously I didn't this year, they had limited seating capacity um, and, and all that, but yep, go every single year to at least one game. Um, you know, my dad's a huge fan as well. So I usually treat him to a game or two. Um, so it's a good opportunity you know, now that I'm not in town, uh, it's a good opportunity for us to still hang out and do some of the things that we love together. So, I mean, bigger question, is Florida really going to be, uh, you know, a sort of a, a threat to Alabama in the SEC championship game? Is that really uh, possible? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We got this. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of winning? I've always wanted to ask. No, that no, there is, there is no, it never gets boring. Uh, no, <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, you just get mad when people get a touchdown. Like that's the thing, you know, like if anyone scores on you, you get mad. Like you're not, you're not, you're not performing well, you know? So if, if anything, it's, as you mentioned, you know, that, that finer palette, right? Same thing. Um, you expect a higher level of playing and, you know, so no, it never gets, it never gets boring and never gets tiring of winning, but um, you, you just have higher, higher and higher standards that you put out there. It's like, I just don't want to win. If we don't win by 30, exactly. I'm really mad. It's like, we weren't doing well, you know, even though we had our third string in and, you know, it still wasn't that great, but That's, you know. yeah, I, I've never liked a sports team uh, that had that luxury. Uh, for yeah. a period of time, really. I mean, the Braves, I've loved the Braves, but 
they didn't ever really win everything. They won right. a lot, but they didn't, they didn't win, you know, multiple uh, world series is in the nineties, you know, but, right. um, but the, uh, but yeah, I've, I've been a sucker for, you know, uh, for liking losing teams for a very long time. So, um, yep. well, Hey, you know, it's all about the relationship, not necessarily the, the track record. It's, it's the, the feeling that you get from it. Like, does it bring you satisfaction? Did it bring you joy? Like, do, do you get to spend time with family and friends when doing that? that all runs into it and can make it an enjoyable experience regardless of what the record is. Right. And I, I feel like, um, you know, one of my favorite sports is baseball. And so that's why I love baseball. You can go, you can be as engaged in the game as you want yep. to be. You can be analyzing whether that runner on first is running on that two, one count. Um, you know, and you can watch the body language of the players and like really think about like the intricacies of the inner, you know, the inner workings of the game or, um, you could just have a hot dog with your friend yeah. and just talk and catch up and then occasionally pay attention to the game when somebody hits the ball, you know? Yep. Your own unique experience, right? Customize mm -hmm. yeah, it for you. That's 100% it. What's the last, uh, what was the last song you listened to uh, before I met you today? Ooh, um, it was probably last night then. Um, you know, I was listening. Let's just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. It's going to be the, the queen of Christmas. I was listening to Christmas music last night. So Mariah Carey, um, you know, all I want for Christmas is you. That's right. I mean, it is the season, right? It is the season. Is that your favorite Christmas song? You know, um, you know, I don't really know. Um, it's definitely one that when you, you, I, well, at least I'm not one that's like, oh, not again. But it's just like, it's the literally the epitome of Christmas to me. Like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, right. Like it's that time of year. It's it's really here. Because, you know, a lot of times the hustle and bustle can get to you. And I don't know about you, but, you know, that as I was younger, things were, uh, it seemed like it took forever to get to um, to Christmas. But now, you know, it's like you blink and it's Christmas. And it, it, sometimes it just doesn't feel like it. So every time I hear that song, I'm just like, okay, it's it's time. It's here. Let's do this. So it, it kind of jazzes me up for Christmas for sure. So my jazz up for Christmas is um, I have to hear the music um, from Charlie Brown Christmas or watch Charlie nice. Brown Christmas. Yes. And I have to have a hot chocolate in my hand. If I do uh, those two things, that puts me in the mood. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good that's, one. Uh, for a long time, because, uh, you know, I'm in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. And, and, and for a long time, I'm in Atlanta because um, I'm also in Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would go to um, watch my friends play um, the whole entire Charlie Brown Christmas with like the movie playing and, you know, on a video screen while they play all the music from it. That's awesome. And um, and then I would get my hot chocolate and then I was like, I would walk out and I'd feel the feel the love and the spirit. You know what I mean? You're ready to go. It, was, you're like, it's December and I'm I'm ready to give some gifts. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, man, Matt, thank you so much uh, for joining uh, Southern Wedding Professionals today. I I'm so thankful for you taking your time. I know you're busy um, and uh, I really hope that you had a good time. I did. Yeah. Thanks so much for the time today. It was a blast. So great to talk to you and get to know more about you as well. So happy to come back anytime. Yeah, you're going to. So <laughs> Uh, give me some time and we're going to uh, we're going to get back together and we're going to do this again. Um, uh, once again, 
This is Matt. I'm Jacob. This has been another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals, and we will see you next time. Oh, <laughs>